0: Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be speaking this morning on the gift of tongues, that classic Christmas message you hear every year at Advent. Um, I, no, we're, we're actually in a, in a um, three-part series on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so today I'm going to speak about the spiritual gift of the gift of tongues. And, uh, and I know some of you, you, you'll have heard some of this before, um, but, but if you're anything like me, the, the gifts of the Spirit, we have to keep stirring them up in our lives. They're like a fire that if you just leave it, eventually it sort of dies down. And you have to prod the embers, stir the coals a little bit, chuck another log on. And then they come back and the warmth comes back. And, and as I've been looking at this again, uh, it's just hit me afresh. Like this is something to be used. This is a gift that God gives us with a real purpose. Um, and I also know that there's, there's a whole bunch. You, you've joined the church in the last little while, and it may be that you've come from a church where um, things like the gift of tongues and spiritual gifts are not really talked about. That was my experience when I joined uh, Soul Survivor Watford a long time ago, and so I hope this will be something of an introduction, and then we're going to pray at the end for anyone, if you would like to, if you don't pray in tongues and you would like to receive the gift of tongues, we're going to pray for you uh, this morning. So, first question, what is the gift of tongues? Uh, the gift of tongues is a language that God gives us supernaturally that is the language of prayer and a language of worship. So um, the key thing to get is it's not a language that we've learned. We haven't studied uh, and done a GCSE in it. It's something that the Spirit gives us. And at this point, it's probably important to acknowledge that this sounds completely weird and um, you may well be here and not yet a follower of Jesus and thinking, I was sitting here thinking these people were weird, and now I know for sure, right? We're talking about supernatural languages. Um, and that, that was my experience as well when I first started to hear about all of this. And Christianity is not firstly about languages. It's about a God of love who's met us in the person of his son, Jesus. Um, at the same time, the God that we follow, he gives us tools these are the spiritual gifts that help us um, in our relationship with Him and in sharing His love with the world around us. And so, tongues is one of those. So, I just want to look at to unpack it three um, three things. The first is where is this in the Bible. The second is how does the gift of tongues help us, and then the third is how might I receive the gift of tongues if I wanted to? So, first of all, where is this in the Bible? Um, There's there's a few places you could go to, but uh, at the start of the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the church, and we're told, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then that happens in other places. So there's one time when Peter is preaching to a bunch uh, in a house, and the Spirit, um, Spirit falls on them, and it says... The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Acts chapter 19 verse 6, um, Paul's with a bunch of believers and it says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And so just what little examples like that show us is that when the Spirit comes on, on people, it's, it's one of the things that often happens is they begin to speak or pray in tongues. And it doesn't follow that if I don't pray in tongues, I haven't been filled with the Spirit. Um, I, I think of it sometimes like if, if some music were to come on now, you know, for some of us, after a little while, we might join in. We might sing. We might dance a little bit, and that's what people often do when music starts playing. You don't have to do it. It just wouldn't be out of the question for you to start. And actually, people usually do. So, um, when the spirit comes, it's like that. We don't have to pray in tongues, but it's not. Um, it, it does often happen when you read what goes on in the early church, and there are um, there are churches that Paul wrote to to give them guidance. And one of the churches where the, the gift of tongues was being used was a church called Corinth. And Paul writes a couple of letters to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, chapters 12 and 14, he is talking about the gift of tongues. And when I first read this, I thought he, he's pretty negative about tongues. Because what he says to them is, is, don't use it in the way that you're using it. And actually, you guys are almost into tongues to the point where you're ignoring some of the other gifts. And I'd rather you did this. Um, and he's correcting them. So when you first read it, it feels quite negative about the gift of tongues and until I started to study it and I realized that what he's doing is he's just correcting the way that they're using it. He's not telling them not to use it. So, so the, you know, the antidote to misuse is not disuse, it's not stopping, it's proper use, it's right use. And one of the things that the Corinthians were doing in their services is when someone got up to preach... They were getting up and they were preaching an entire talk in the gift of tongues. A a language that that nobody in the room understood, including the person saying it. Can you imagine bringing a friend to church? And that's what the preacher did. So Paul says, don't do that. Um, And that's like if I were to go into the gent's toilet um, after the service finishes and I see someone in there sanitizing their hands with hair wax, what would I do? I would say, stop, don't do that. Now, that doesn't make me anti-hair wax. It's not that we shouldn't use hair wax in the right context. In fact, I thank God that I use hair wax more than any of you, right? But what it does is it's just, you're not using it properly. That's not what it's for. So actually, that's what Paul is saying to them. And there are all these little clues that show us this is a gift that was precious to him. It's something he valued. So he does say, seek the gift of prophecy, But he also says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. He wants the whole church to to speak in tongues. Um, And then he says uh, elsewhere, and I love what this says about Paul, chapter 14, verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So so he did this a lot. And when I read that and I actually stopped and thought that one through, um, one of the questions that came to my mind is, What does the Apostle Paul get about the gift of tongues that I don't get? You know, if he sees it as something he wants everybody to be doing, and if he practiced it more than anybody else, what about it does he get that maybe I've missed? And I think the answer to that is what he says a little earlier, because he says this, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Put another way, Builds themselves up. So he says the other spiritual gifts are from building up other people. But when we use tongues, when we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up. And, um, you know, speaking of people who are competitive, Paul is one of them. Mike and I, you've probably picked up, are also competitive. And this kind of spills over into virtually every area of our lives. Um, And we have together for many years um, been going to the gym. And I know it looks like one of us does go to the gym, and we um, we compete on lots of the lots of the kit in there. But one of them is the bench press, and we had this um, we had this situation a few years ago now where um, we were we were benching basically the same amount weight wise, so same amount of kilograms. I felt that given our body mass index proportionally, I was benching significantly more. But as a, as an actual volume, that's we were about the same. And then I had this period of about two, three, four months where Mike just started to edge ahead of me um, in terms of what we were lifting. And it was agony for me because every time he beat me, he would just, you know, put the, put the, put the weight down, stand up and just go like this in my face. Um, and it just really wound me up, as I'm sure you can imagine. And uh, I couldn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he would do. Um, and I couldn't work out, what, is, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm just, I'm, we're here you know, at the same time, we're doing the same things, I don't understand it. And then he, um, he actually confessed to me, this is about four months down the tracks, he confessed to me that four months earlier, he'd gone online and he'd ordered on the internet a whole load of protein supplements. And he had, been, he had been downing these protein supplements for months and months and months and months. And what they had done is they'd given him that little extra bit of edge. Because what obviously protein does is it helps the muscles to, to, to regrow and to reform after you've exercised. They'd given him this little bit of edge. And uh, it's not that he wasn't doing the basics. He still had to turn up to the gym and lift the weights. But they were just helping him out. And so, of course, as soon as I heard that I went straight home and ordered a whole load of protein myself on the internet not to be outdone. Um, But uh, when, when Paul talks about the gift of tongues building us up, what he's not saying is that it's somehow a substitute for the basics of obeying Jesus, of serving people and loving people. We need to do that. At the same time, he's saying this does help grow, as it were, spiritual muscle when we practice this. And just when I heard about the supplements, I was thinking, why would I not order these online, right? Because this is going to help me grow. In the same way, with the gift of tongues, why would we not practice this? If this is something that's available for us as followers of Jesus, and it helps build us up, why wouldn't we want to go there? And let's unpack then. The next question is, well, how does it build us up? In what ways does it help us to grow? And there are a few, but I just want to talk about three that for me have have really become key in terms of how I understand this gift. Uh, The first one is that the gift of tongues, it's as though what it does is it gives our soul a voice. And I I often think of us a bit like a, a bottle of Coke. And we go through life and what happens is life shakes us. And then when it does that, there's all this pressure, all this stress, uh, all these emotions, good and bad, that kind of build up inside of us to the point where we can feel at times like we're going to explode. And our minds, they function a little bit like the cap on the top of the bottle. And, and what I mean by that is sometimes our minds are not, they're, they're obviously absolutely crucial, but they're not always helpful. Um, Sometimes I find it hard to understand what is going on inside of me. I don't know if you've ever felt that. I feel these things very deeply, but I don't really understand what they are. Other times I do understand what they are, but I don't know how to express them. I don't know the words to use to describe them, to to explain what's going on to other people. I don't know if you ever find that. Um, And so the mind is great, but sometimes it can be limiting in terms of allowing us to express what's going on in our hearts, in our souls. The gift of tongues... It's as though someone comes along and just punctures the side of the bottle. It's like the Lord comes and just puts, as it were, like a puncture straight straight into our heart, straight into our soul. And if you were to puncture the bottle, all of the the pressure would be released through that hole. It's as though it allows us to, to, to just speak directly from the Spirit, directly from the heart. It gives us words to express that. So the way that Paul puts it, is he says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And so it's both. We, we pray with our minds. Paul had a big brain and he used it a lot. But also, we want to pray with our spirit and sing with our spirit. And so, it it can be a way of us just expressing, for example, our love to God. I don't know if you ever find it, but sometimes when I've said, I love you to him a hundred times, I'm thinking, where else do I go from here? Like, I want to tell you what I feel towards you, but I don't know how else to say it. Well, that's where the gift of tongues comes in. And it's as though it gives our soul language. Um, I don't know if you've ever had it when you've been driving in a car and a song comes on the radio and it just taps into your mood right then in that moment. Have you had that where it's like you're feeling happy and this really happy song comes on and you just start singing along or you've just broken up with someone and Adele comes on the radio and you think, perfect, this is where I'm at emotionally right now. And so you can sing and it's like this song, as it were, gives your soul a way of expressing what it's feeling. Words written by somebody else give our souls a way of expressing what they're feeling. The gift of tongues, there's a similarity with this. It's not words someone else has written, um, but they're words given to us by the Spirit. So we can pour out our love for him. Um, For me, I have also found this gift to be invaluable when I am going through despair and and dark times. And um, thank you to those of you who have been praying over the last few weeks. A lot of you have said to me um, and asked me about Caleb, my boy, who's not been very well, and he's doing okay. He's had a nasty chest infection, so he's been in and out of hospital the last three weeks, um, and uh, thank, you, thank you for praying for him, but um, it's been stressful, and usually when I'm under that kind of pressure, the main two ways I love to pray are silence and tongues. So I've been driving back and forth to the hospital just praying, because I haven't known the words, I haven't known what else to say. So the Spirit, he helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what to pray or how to pray, he gives us the words. Secondly, um, the Spirit, he draws us near to God. And it it says in in Jude chapter 20, sorry, Jude chapter verse 20, and praying in the Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. Sometimes it's hard to know. You know, we come here, we feel so near to him, and then we, we go out on a Monday How do I stay near him? As we pray in the gift of tongues, it keeps us close to him. Not because it's tongues, just because it's prayer. Keeps us in his love. Here's the third way that uh, it builds us up. When we pray in tongues, we see breakthroughs in other areas. And again, that's not so much because it's tongues as much as it's because it's prayer. And so Paul says to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18... And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And the context there is spiritual warfare. It's praying for the kingdom to come. And to pray in the Spirit is more than just praying in tongues. But praying in tongues is a really key way of praying in the Spirit. And I know in my own life and and others, when they've prayed in tongues, sometimes they've seen breakthroughs happen. And I I just want to invite Mike up um, to share a story about when that happened with him.
1: Um, it was about, uh, I can't remember exactly, about 12 to 15 years ago, a long time ago. It was uh, during the summer festivals, uh, our conferences. And we had an evening where uh, we taught about the gift of tongues and we invited young people to come forward if they wanted prayer to receive the gift of tongues. And a number of them did. And I am... I started, uh, I encouraged those that already had the gift of tongues to gather around them and to pray out loud in their prayer language, which would encourage the others. As they, as, you know, as they had others praying, they wouldn't feel so exposed if they began to pray. And um, I started praying in my prayer language. Um, and I did it over the microphone in order to encourage folk. And as I started praying, I, I listened to my, my tongue and I thought, this sounds different to normal. And I, I thought to myself, um, it sounds a little bit more um, upmarket. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I thought, am, am, am I subconsciously um, trying to sound better in order to impress people? And I was a little bit puzzled, and I couldn't work it out. And I thought, this doesn't sound like what I normally pray I discovered afterwards a whole bunch of people kept coming up to me that there was in that tent a youth group from Romania and their their Romanian church had partnered with a church in Yorkshire and they brought their youth group here to England and their youth group came with the Yorkshire youth group to Soul Survivor. And the Romanian youth leader, um, who liked a lot of what went on, didn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit were for today and didn't believe in the gift of tongues. And as we started praying in tongues, he started to walk out of the tent um, in in a bit of anger. And as he was walking out, now, I struggle to believe this, okay? Uh, But I'm just telling you what was said, and it was said by a number of people. As he was walking out, what he said is he heard me uh, speaking in Romanian, And he said, I was quoting um, an 11th century uh, Romanian poem uh, called A Prayer for Protection. And um, that prayer, um, that poem was tattooed on his father's back. That guy, that moment started believing in the gift of tongues. And I was so, yeah, and I was so shocked. And I was like, really? Romanian? And, and I thought, my tongue is Romanian. And I, uh, I found a couple of Romanians over the next few months and I started speaking in tongues to them. And they said they didn't have a clue what on earth I was saying. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I think it just reverted. Uh, but I was pretty pleased with myself that um, I was, um, yeah. yeah. That's never happened to you, has it? No. No. <laughs>
0: All right, sit down. Um, and that's amazing, isn't it? And, and so it, it builds us up, but also it has, effect, it has effects on the world around us. And um, there's I don't know if you've ever come across Jackie Pullinger, but she's the lady who years ago now went as a young woman to Hong Kong to share Jesus with the people there. And, and she ended up working with drug addicts and gang members and really tough and finding that she was just not getting anywhere. And then she decided she was just going to pray in tongues For 15 minutes a day. And she just set herself to do that every single day. And this is what she writes. By the clock, I prayed 15 minutes a day in the language of the Spirit. And still felt nothing as I asked the Spirit to help me intercede for those he wanted to reach. After about six weeks of this, I began to lead people to Jesus without trying. Gangsters fell to their knees, sobbing in the streets. Women were healed. Heroin addicts were miraculously set free. And I knew it was nothing to do with me. And she would say it was everything to do with deciding she was going to pray um, in this way for a while. Uh, And so to summarize, how does the spiritual gift build us up, this one? It gives our soul a voice and it keeps us in his love. And as we pray, because it's prayer, as we pray in the spirit and using the gift of tongues, we see breakthroughs around us. How then do we receive it? those of us who, who, who would like to. Um, it starts with asking. Uh, Jesus says really clearly, Matthew chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And so it's, it's, it's not complicated. It's, it's simple. Now, we're not ordering something on Deliveroo. So it's not like a, we, we take this lightly. At the same time, we, we, we don't need to, we just come to him straightforward and he said, I would love to receive this gift, Father. So that's where we start. Um, the second thing is it really helps to trust that he wants to give us this gift, that God is good. And and we forget that so often. And in this little bit where Jesus is talking about asking and we will receive, he also says, Which of you, if your sons asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And, and we're at the point with Christmas, obviously, around the corner, where my boys, my boys have no problem asking. And they, they come. I got home a couple of days ago and there was a note taped to the door and it said, Dad, PTO. And I turned over and it said, Josiah's Christmas list, brackets, one. And uh, and then it had a list of his presents, including some drawings to help me out. He wants, you know, Minecraft stuff. He wants roller skates. He wants money. That's on the list. He wants World Cup tickets. I'm not sure that he's going to be getting those. But he's got this whole list. And um, it's like, it's like oh, at Christmas, I might not get him everything he's got on the list. Um, some of the things on the list are too expensive for me to get him. But I'm not going to give him a scorpion for Christmas. Even though I am a broken person, I won't go, you know, I'm not... I will give him what I can. And whenever I think about this, this image Jesus uses of, of fathers wanting to give good things to their kids, what, the image that always comes to my mind is Mike and my boys. And I've said this to you before, so I won't labour it. But they love Uncle Mike, and they love going to Mike's house basically because he gives them everything they want. So two of them went round to his house yesterday morning and for unlimited screen time and unlimited chocolate. That's what they get at Mike's house. And, and they know this. And they play him, and uh, and so they come to me. Like I remember last Christmas, in the build-up to it, Judah kept asking, "Can I have this Lego set that was like really expensive?" And we've learned as parents that what you do is you sort of you hedge your bets, right? You don't make any promises. So we just said, "Well, we'll see." You know, you've already got a lot of Lego, and you don't always get everything on the list, Judah. You know, we'll just see, right? So that's the that's the united front that we're putting up. And then Mike came over. And I turn my back for literally two minutes, and Judah goes straight for Mike, and, he, and I turn around, and there he is, he's explaining to Mike about the Lego set and all the things it does. He's got an iPad out, and he's literally, like, doing a presentation about it. <laughs> like, it's, you know, and there's, there's this, this code that all the Lego models have, and Judah thinks the code is the price, so he's like, so it costs 7500. He thinks it costs 7,500. pounds. He still has no problem asking it. And what I'm hoping for, naively, is that Mike will will toe the line and he'll say, well, Judah, we don't always get everything we ask. But instead, Mike's like, I'll get my phone out now, Judah. We'll order it now on the Amazon app, right? (laughs) Judah gets exactly what he wants. And they all know that's how it works with Mike. They understand that when they come to him and they ask him for something, they are pushing on an open door. (laughs) If Mike... Though he is evil, (laughs) knows how to give good things to my kids, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit to those of us who ask him? We don't have to twist his arm. Paul says in Romans, he gave us his only son, Will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If someone gives us a gift worth a million pounds, do we think they're going to skimp on the wrapping paper? It's like he's given us Jesus. And we come to him asking him for a gift that will help us pray, that will draw us near, that that will allow us to express what we need to express to our Father who loves us. And we think he's going to say, no, we don't get how good he is. So it helps to know that. And then finally, it involves stepping out. And I wish it didn't, but it does. And one of the most important things I've learned about spiritual gifts over the years is that spiritual gifts do not feel very spiritual most of the time. So we pray for healing for somebody, we're not feeling anything, we just put a hand on their shoulder and we pray. If you you share a word with somebody, a prophetic word, most of the time, you don't feel very spiritual. And it's like, oh, I think this is God, but it could be me. But I'll just have a go and I'll see what... I have to step out and I find out. So it is with speaking in tongues. There's a moment where we choose to begin having asked. And to finish, I just want to share very briefly how I received the gift of tongues. And then I've asked Mike to share a little of his story as well. I received the gift of tongues when I was 18... I was an intern with Mike, and we were in Australia. And I'd heard him talk about it uh, a few times, and I thought, I want this gift. So at the end of a meeting, a bit like this, I came forward to be prayed for, to receive the gift of tongues. And, and they basically said, all right, we're going we're gonna to worship Jesus, and then when you're ready, just start to pray in tongues. And I work from my head. So I'm thinking, how do I start speaking in a language that I do not know, does not compute with my brain? And so I stood there and opened my mouth, And absolutely nothing came out. And I ended up feeling frustrated and cross. And everybody else, it seemed, around me began to pray in tongues. So I just thought, okay, it's not happening for me. And I remember Mike saying, if you didn't begin to speak in tongues, maybe just go and find somewhere quiet later and just try again. So I did. I went and sat under a tree and I just said, Father, I really want this gift. I want to use it. Can you give it to me? And then I just decided, I'm just going to speak. I'm going to make a noise. I don't care what it is. I'm going to make a noise. And I, I just made a noise. And that's probably the best description of it, is some, some sort of choking noise. Um, and I remember Mike, having heard Mike say, you know what, if it's gobbledygook, let it be gobbledygook for you, Lord. So I took that as a good principle. And I said, Lord, if this is a choking sound, may it be for your glory. And I carried on. And, and that's how I began. And I wish I had a more impressive, more miraculous sounding story than that. That's how it started. And what happened is, like a toddler who begins by making noises and then gradually forms words, it grew. And I know it's of him because as I've prayed and practiced the gift of tongues, what's happened is it has given my soul a voice. And it's kept me in his love. And I've seen answers to my prayers. Mike's just going to come and
1: share his story now. Yeah, mine's a lot more spiritual than that. Um, um, I I I became a Christian two months before my sixteenth birthday, and then pretty soon I heard uh, that um, um, about being filled with the Spirit, and then I heard about the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of tongues, and I longed for everything that God wanted to give me. I I was desperate, you know, for every everything I could get from the Lord, and. Um, and I read this book by um, a singer from uh, about a thousand years ago uh, called Pat Boone. Does anyone remember Pat Boone? Uh, yeah, you're very old. And, uh, um, and uh, um, he wrote this book called A New Song. And he talked about how he began to, to pray in tongues. And he said how um, what he would do is he would conf- he confessed his sins to get clear with God and then he praised God in English, and then he opened his mouth, and this this beautiful language just poured forth. And I thought, right, that's what I'm gonna do. So I went up to my bedroom, and I closed the curtains, because I've always believed it's more holy in the dark. And I confessed my sins, I praised God in English, and then I went, and nothing happened. And then I thought, "I I can't be feeling bad enough about my sins. So I confessed my sins again, and this time I felt really bad about them. I praised God in English and nothing. And then I remembered that Pat Boone said that often people began to pray in tongues when they were more relaxed. You know, sometimes when they were asleep, they'd begin to pray in tongues because they were very relaxed. So I went to the bathroom, I put the bathwater on, extra hot. I lay in the bath, I confessed my sins, I praised God in English and still nothing. And then I thought, I know what's missing. So I got the Radox out, I put it in for extra relaxation, and I lay in the bubbles, confess my sins again, praise God in English, and still nothing. And by this stage, I'd convinced myself that the reason I hadn't received the gift of tongues was because I wasn't really saved, because God didn't accept me, uh, because maybe I'd committed the unforgivable sin. How many of us have ever thought that? Even though I didn't know what that one was. And, and all of that. And, and then I, but I was so desperate that I ended up asking this couple that led the home group that I was in. This, this older couple. If they would pray for me. And I was scared about asking anyone else. Because if I didn't speak in tongues, I, then they'd know that I wasn't, you know, that I, I, God had rejected me. But I was so desperate, I asked them, they said, yes, let's meet in our front room. I sat in their front room and they said, this is what we're gonna do. We're all going to confess our sins. And I thought, I could teach you a thing or two about confessing sins. Uh, Then we're gonna praise God in English. And I thought, I've got the t-shirt, folks. Uh, And then the two of us will begin to pray in our prayer language. And after a while, one of us will touch your lips and then by faith you begin. And then I was terrified. Because I thought, what's going to happen when one of them touches my lips? And I go, you know. So anyway, we confessed our sins. We praised God in English. And then the two of them started praying in tongues. And I listened for all it was, I was worth. And it sounded beautiful. Both of their tongues sounded lovely. And I thought, there's no way I can do that. I cannot do that. And then after a while, one of them touched my lips. And I had a choice to make. And I thought, if I do nothing, I'll never do anything and and i thought and you know it was like a, a, right i'm going to just like andy i'm going to make a noise so i just went shalabala balabala and then i screwed up my face and i expected them to point to me and one of them to say false tongue speaker stone him you know but they didn't instead i heard them say oh thank you lord thank you give him more and i thought what <laughs> i thought they like this and so I thought, I'll have another go. So I went, shala bala, bila bala, bala bala. And, and they got even more excited. Thank you, Lord. Give him more, give him more. And you know me, folks. All my life, I've been nothing if not a showman. And, and so, I, so I thought, right, I'm going to go for it this time. Because I was pleasing them. So this time I went, shala bala, bila bala, bula bala. <laughs> and they went crazy. And for the next few minutes... They, they prayed in their beautiful Latin and ancient something else. And I bala bilabala, ballad all over the place. And after a while we stopped and I looked at them and I said, is that it? And, they, and the husband said, yes, it is. And I want you to do that every day for the rest of your life. And I remember thinking, I am not doing that every day for the rest of my life. And then I left their home and it was a 20 minute walk to my house. And as I was walking, I I thought exactly what Andy said. You know what? No one's around. I'm going to, if this is gobbledygook, but Lord, may it be gobbledygook. Maybe everyone else will speak in tongues and I'll speak in gobbledygook. Uh, May it be for you. and. And I just started bila bala and I just did it every permutation. And, you know, I'm sure I threw in she come on a Honda at some point. And, uh, and, and, you know, after a while, there came a moment where I stopped concentrating on me and what I was saying and focused on him. And suddenly everything changed. It was like I was filled with joy. It was like I was filled with his presence and I knew. And, and what it was, it wasn't that it was tongues, it was that it was prayer and it was worship and it was, I didn't know what to say. And that began it. And you know, that was when I was 16. I'm now a bit older than 16 and I, 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 I've been praying in tongues just about every day for the rest of my life. And honestly, honestly, it's just made a difference. Do you feel spiritual? A lot of the time no. You pray in tongues in Sainsbury's under your breath, going for a walk at any time. But it's 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 something that God gives, and this is one for everybody, if you want.